Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. Welcome to the turnover reduction episode where career expert Sarah Williams is my special guest. Listen closely to the insights she shares on why creating an internal mobility program at your company can help reduce turnover by at least a third. If you like what you're hearing on this podcast, please subscribe and do share with others. Want to comment, discuss, provide feedback, you can send me a note via LinkedIn or via the contact form on our website, www.thecx.xyz. I thank you for listening. And here's my interview. The candidate experience from within the company. So um, the internal recruitment process, like if companies are thinking about hiring, if they have a process that they can sort of generate candidates from within. Um, So I I wanted to start by seeing if, if like, you know, how would you like define this sort of an internal recruiting process? How do you describe it in your words? Yeah, absolutely. Um, some people also identify it as what's called internal mobility. Sure. Um, and essentially, it's just the movement of talent like within a company. So from one position to a different one, it could be from one department to a different department. It doesn't really matter. It's just the movement of that talent within the company. And that's called internal mobility. Gotcha. I um, <clears throat> and I'll share this with you. Um, I read this article by a professor at Wharton, Doctor Peter Capelli. Are you familiar with any of his writings? I'm not. Yeah, <clears throat> I will share it with you. He he wrote about, um, and I'll share this in the session notes too. But he talked about like decades ago, companies used to have these internal mobility programs like you just mentioned um, mm-hmm. when, when they had an opening they would look inside first um, to see if there was people that could actually either be promoted or transferred to the job um, that's not the, the case these days I mean I think <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately um, uh, the you know companies start by looking externally and they don't even you know, bother to look to see if they have someone to fill their role. So um, perhaps that's part of the reason why there's this so-called war for talent or talent shortage in a lot of industries these days. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's very backwards to go about it that way. I mean, they're actually spending a lot of money if they're, you know, spending time going to career fairs or they're spending um, money, excuse me, money and time doing that. Um, as well as sometimes, of course, they're hiring outside recruiting firms. And sure. I understand that for, you know, hard to fill positions, but there's a lot of great talent that's sitting right in your company. And um, there definitely should be some processes and systems in place to figure out who are those people that want to move within the company and what opportunities do we have that we can match them with. As, sure. a, matter of, as a matter of fact, someone had actually shared with me recently that um, there was a young lady who was working in a call center within a company that had like several different departments, a pretty large mm-hmm. company. And she had a computer science degree and she was working in the call center and super bright, super talented, but just didn't know how to really get the access to the people that were in the IT department. Um, so not only is it a, a issue in terms of someone like that being overlooked, but it also can definitely be like a diversity, inclusion, and access issue as well. Sure. Thanks for pointing that out. I, I suspect uh, you just provided one example, but I suspect that's probably going on in many, many workplaces across the country right now. Absolutely. Definitely, for sure. And then there are the companies that are, you know, they understand the importance of having internal mobility programs and systems in place to actually identify that talent. And um, from what I've read about them, they're doing a pretty good job. Sure. Um, Can you, like, describe or what you've heard, like, what do these programs look like? Yeah, sure. So I should probably start off by saying I am a complete and total total nerd. (laughs) Uh (laughs) I love to research and read. So if anyone wants to learn like additional information about what some of these programs look like, um, some of my resources are Fast Company, Harvard Business Review, and then the Hay Group is a really, really great uh, resource as well. But essentially, there's there's multiple ways to go about developing these programs um, and you do not have to be a large company to have an internal internal excuse me mobility program in place. Um, so, for example, Morgan Stanley, um, they are a company that essentially they would handpick some people and you know some key leaders that came together, and they would sit together and then identify what are the open requisitions we have within our company within the various departments and divisions, um, you know, who are some people within the company that voluntarily, like they want to move who are some people who need to move and, you know, what are the openings that we have? And they would sit and match those. And they also had advisors within their company that would help individuals who felt like it was time for them to make a movement within the company. They would come and speak to them, you know, about their transferable skills and about their areas of interest. And they would connect them with people in the company that they could have some of those informational interviews with, those networking conversations, so that at least they could begin to start moving in the direction of that area of interest. And so I thought that was really genius. Makes a lot of sense. And it sounds like it doesn't take a lot of time either. Yeah, that that makes uh, a lot of sense to me as well. I just started with a new company called Thrive Affordable Vet Care, um, where I'm. I work in the marketing department, but also help with recruitment marketing. So help 
help tell our story to um, prospective veterinarians, veterinarian technicians, and other such folks and stuff. And I asked, um, like, do we have uh, what you call an internal mobility program? I'm not sure how I asked the question, but it was like, <laughs> do we do we have something like <laughs> like yeah. this? And um, the they said. I mean, yes and no. They said, you know, there's not like a formal, you know, formalized um, process and stuff. But yes, we absolutely look internally first when we're expanding or we have, you know, positions that that open up. Um, we absolutely try to hire from within um, and promote from within. Um, so while there's not like an official, like written out program step by step, there is um, an informal one. And I've, I've been working, you know, since, um, not that long, um, Mm -hmm. less, uh, like about two months now. And I've already seen, like, I've already witnessed a few of these like happen sort of before my eyes, actually three in, in particular. Um, so, so it does work and such. So what, um, what, um, you seem like a curious person, what sort of prompted your interest in, this area of internal mobility? Absolutely. It kind of seemed like a seamless transition. Honestly, my background is in, I'm a career development consultant, a career coach, mm-hmm. a certified resume writer. I manage a team of them. Um, but I spent a great deal of my career doing outplacement work. And so for those of you who aren't familiar with outplacement, essentially those are the companies that your company hires um, when they let you go or lay you off to help you find your next opportunity. So while doing this work for a long time, working with a lot of people who were recently let go and exploring their career options, it just kind of dawned on me like, hmm, companies are spending you know, money um, to invest in outplacement companies. Do they have something like in-placement for people who <laughs> want to just find another job at their same company? Sure. And so that's really what sparked my interest and my curiosity. And like I mentioned earlier, I just love to to research. And so I just jumped right in and I've spent the good like two and a half years just researching what are the companies out here doing and, you know, what are those benefits um, to actually having what is in fact called an internal mobility program. Yeah. Are you, um, I mean, are there, you had mentioned Morgan Stanley that you had studied, but are there any other companies that you've learned of that are doing this? Ideally they're doing it well, but if they're doing it at all, it's, yeah. probably, like, it's probably a step in the right direction if they're, if they're doing it at all. Absolutely. There's, um, there's several, but I feel like there's not enough. Um, we have Amazon, AT&T, um, Chase Bank, Southwest, and SAS that I know of. Um, and there are some others that that do, um, maybe they don't in fact have a full-blown program with like several advisors that are advising people within the company, but they're still offering opportunities to their managers to understand how to have career conversations with their employees, because that's a big part of this piece too, right? Um, and so making sure that they're having that training. So even if you're a small or mid-sized company, you don't have to have a full-blown program, but you should definitely make sure that your managers understand how to have career conversations because just because you're a manager doesn't mean that you actually know how to coach someone 
Um, You could be a great manager, um, but you might not know how to actually have that conversation. And you might have some bias because you might want to keep them on your team or retain them. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I'm, um, I don't like naming names, so I won't name names of companies doing bad things. I like to name names of companies that are doing good things, but um, <laughs> I um, I can recall a story of a company where um, they kind of, I guess, frowned upon um, you know people making moves and stuff. Or the the first step one had to make if they considered applying for for another role is they had to get the okay from their manager. Mm-hmm. And if their manager, you know, needed them, obviously, <laughs> um, <laughs> and if the, the manager didn't give their blessing, then you were going nowhere. So yeah. it was, it was, I think it was a really sad status of things where um, you couldn't, you know, it just makes so much more sense um, to, to hire from within and promote from within you already have a track record with the person. They are you already know their work. They they know the company. They know the business that the company is in. So it seems like there's a lot of sort of you know win win situations with a company that I was just mentioning. Really, the only outlet for for folks was to leave and mm-hmm. go somewhere else. They because they could not apply for. Um, for internal jobs, which yeah, yeah, that's sad. That's sad. <laughs> I I I agree. I I don't know. It's uh, I think um, you know, I don't know why that was, and I don't know um, if that's still the case today. But um, you know, if you're not challenging people, and um, if people don't feel like their manager has their back, like what do they say? The number one reason why people leave <laughs> is because of their manager. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think we all, we all want to feel supported that our manager has our back. And I think part of a manager having your back is, you know, helping you get, you know, your, your next career step. <laughs> Whether they're not be- aware of that though, you know, like they're not aware. Sometimes the managers are not aware of the bias that they have because they're sure. looking like right in front of them. And so the most immediate thing is, you know, I need to retain the people that I have. I have my work I need to get done. If they're in sales, I have certain numbers that need to be met. Um, and they're not thinking about the big picture, you know, of the company in terms of like, how am I, helping this employee advance and in turn, helping them stay within this company overall. They're just thinking about their team. And, um, and that's why they need to be trained to understand some of those biases that they might have and how, in fact, that research shows like when you actually invest in people like that, they are more, you know, prone to stay. So. Sure. They feel like they're invested in. Absolutely. the company invests in them and they're investing back in the company. So um, I wanted to piggy off of something that you mentioned earlier, if you don't mind, you had mentioned something about um, like a company saying that they give, I believe it was like priority to their internals, um, like just their internal candidates. You'd be surprised how many candidates do not actually know how to navigate a job search at the company that they work for. And so while a lot of companies say, you know, hey, we give, you know, priority to our internals, um, most of them 
probably do not know like what are the best practices for how I should interview here or what are the best practices for what I should put in my resume. They sometimes can be completely clueless about that process because it's not streamlined or put on the website or put out there in some type of way for them to know what to do. So that's a big issue as well. Um, and something that companies should consider. Yeah. Like um, I, I don't, I'm not sure what sort of other than sort of like an informal network or other than like a, you know, internal company um, staff member looking at the external facing career site (laughs) to see, um, you know, I have seen where companies actually have, you know, if you're an internal candidate, please click here. Um, So that those companies obviously have something that's more formalized, but it seems kind of odd, I guess, if you are already working somewhere for you to like apply to something at, the, at your same company it just seems kind of odd, but maybe mm-hmm. that's what you have to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I would say a lot of companies do have you go through the actual formal process of applying. Sure. Um, and you're competing a lot of times with people who are still on the outside, even though you're given priority. But let's just say you are given priority, but then when your resume hits the recruiter's desk, it looks a mess. Right. And it's not formatted in the way that the recruiter would find appealing. So sharing some of that information with the internals, I think, would be helpful. Like if the recruiting team gets together and they share, here's what we look for with the internals, not just people on the outside. Um, but making the people who they say they give priority to aware of those best practices and what they look for, that's definitely going to be helpful and make their candidate experience a lot better. Yeah, for sure. So do you have a, you know, a a call call to action for companies? Like what, what can they do to sort of help promote this, whether they be a, you know, a small, medium, or even a large company that's not already doing this? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said earlier, size doesn't matter. There's different methods that, you know, each size company um, can use. But, you know, one of the things I would like to challenge them with is to think about, you know, when they're looking at their employee engagement surveys, is career development or lack of career opportunities one of the top things they see their employees complaining about? That's an indicator there. Um, You know, they should talk to their HR business partners and actually look at the exit surveys and see, you know, what is the data saying? Why are people leaving? Um, You know, people a lot of times think it's because of pay or definitely that's an issue for some people. Um, Managers is one um, as well. Um, But one of the top three reasons is because of career opportunities. So, um, that's something that they could easily fix. And then in terms of, you know, what companies should be doing, they should be helping their talent to identify, like, what are their transferable skills? And having someone within the company advise them on how they can be matched to openings. They should also help them become aware of how to navigate the job search within their company. Those best practices should be posted somewhere on their website, uh, identify it maybe in a podcast, whatever way they want to do it. You know, the sky is the limit. Um, and like I said earlier, making sure that their managers are actually trained by 
someone who understands career coaching or advising um, on how to actually have career conversations. Because like I said, manager does not necessarily equal career coach. So making sure they have those skills to equip them. Those are the things that they can definitely do. Yeah. Any advice that you could offer to a, you know, someone working in a company that likes their company, but, you know, maybe is ready for their next challenge and their company doesn't have any formal or informal. I mean, what is like an individual to do on their own to sort of, you know, help push themselves forward? Yeah, that's a great um, question. I mean, I think they should definitely explore the job board and see if there's any opportunities that are available. But just like how in the external world, we have um, the hidden job market companies have it as well. So within the company, they could start having conversations with others that are in different departments and divisions that interest them and see if there's any bridge projects maybe that they could work on if they have gaps in their skill sets and they need to build build those up. So identifying what it is they want to do, seeing whether or not they have any gaps there. And if they do have gaps, you know, seeing whether they can volunteer with another department or division to bridge some of those gaps, reaching out to employee resource groups. Uh, that's a great opportunity in ways to network, um, figuring out who some of those key decision makers are within the company and uh, befriending them or getting close to them and volunteering um, for them and finding ways to add value to those individuals. Those are different ways that you can build, you know, advocates for you within the company. Um, so when opportunities become available, they can vouch for you. Sure. Great tips here, Sarah. I appreciate your time today. If um, if people want to get a hold of you after this, how can they get a hold of you? Absolutely. They can reach out to me directly through my company website. It's RTP, like Richard Tom Paul, career, and then services with an S on the end.com. And they can find me through there. Excellent. Thanks so much for your insights today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z.